Welcome to Right on Track, a songwriting podcast. Thanks to Tone for tuning in. I'm Demi Michelle Schwartz, and I'm thrilled you're joining me on my songwriting journey. So kick back and relax, don't fall flat, and remember, stay right on track. right on track joining me today is a returning guest please welcome my producer bob mccutcheon hello hey how are you i'm fantastic how are you fantastic glad to be back it's great to have you back because today we are going to be talking all about the songwriter producer relationship and i'm thrilled to dive into all of this so to kick us off can you share what your favorite thing about being a producer is Oh, I mean, I think the, my favorite thing about being a producer is I get to I get to work with so many different artists and so many different styles and genre of music, and I get to learn something every day, right? Uh, you know, I get to participate in that creative process by working with others, um, and it's just always fun. There's always something new every day. Awesome, awesome. Perfect. Yeah, I think that the most incredible thing about music is that it's so creative from the songwriting all the way through the recording. When you get into a situation like recording and working with other musicians and producers and things, having that collaborative process in the creative process, you can always be expecting to have fun times and magical moments. So it's a great time always. So let's dive into our quote for today, which is a fantastic one by Quincy Jones. So can you read that? Sure. For every hour of recording, have two hours of laughter in the studio. That's us in a nutshell. <laughs> no, it, it says a lot. I mean, I, I, I've always said, and I think this is what's a, attracted me to to building a studio and wanting to be an engineer and producer, is there's something really magical that happens in the studio. Um, and it's an experience that I think every musician should have at least once because it's it's a really exciting place to be if you allow yourself to have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I really resonate with this quote because even though when we're creating music, we're trying to create something amazing and we're being focused, I think having that laughter and having fun is really important because as the songwriter who's recording songs that are often or always super autobiographical, I feel like if I was in a situation where it was high stress and ridiculously serious, I would feel under pressure and I wouldn't do a good job. And I think that the creation of that song wouldn't be authentic and it wouldn't be the best it can be if it was so strictly serious all the time. And so I think having fun is really important. And you and I, and when we're with you know Luke and everyone else, it's a perfect balance of getting work work done and having fun because you don't want to have too much fun where you're like wasting time but you know with the amount of stuff we get done and still have fun it's wild yeah absolutely I mean you know and it's it's a lot of different things right the you know we often talk about the technical side of being a producer and an engineer and being in the studio uh, but probably the biggest you know, most important role that I have is making sure that the artist is comfortable, right? Because I'm not going to get the best performance out of somebody who's stressed and really tense, right? I need to create an environment that's a comfortable environment because that's where we're going to get the best out of out of the artist. And that could be anything from the look and the feel and the vibe of the studio to you know, just the way you conduct the sessions and how you do business, right? How you interact with one another. And to your point, having fun, you know, being 
being mindful, being businesslike, you know, <laughs> knowing knowing that we have to get work done, right? Because you know it's not inexpensive to be spending time in the studio. So you want to be productive, but you have to have fun and be enjoying yourself at the same time. Mm, absolutely. And something I wanted to dive into here is something you alluded to, which is making sure you work with someone who's a good fit for you. And so that's for me finding a producer that I felt comfortable with and someone who could help me bring my music to life in the best way possible, but also for you working with artists that you feel are a good fit for you. So first, from the producer standpoint, how do you know if an artist or a songwriter is a good fit? Yeah, I, I, it's, it's hard to put your finger on like specific attributes because I think it's more of a feeling, right? It's um, it, it really gets back to the initial interactions. Obviously, the music is important, right? So um, feeling like you have songs and you have music um, that one is going to be interesting, right? Because the last thing you want to do, even as a producer engineer, is work on uninteresting material, right? Because you're not going to do the artist any any favors if you don't have some level of enthusiasm that you're bringing to the project. Um but I also think it's just it's just the interaction between the producer and the artist and how good you feel about your ability to work with one another, to to understand one another, to communicate with one another. And that's not a perfect fit in all cases for everybody. I mean, it's it's no different than any other sort of match process in terms of of being able to find the people who you feel most comfortable working with finding a studio that you're comfortable with. You know, all studios are not created alike. They all have different looks and feel and different gear and different people. And so you need to be working in a place where you feel good, you feel comfortable. And that's different for different people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I completely agree with you about the whole, it's a feeling thing. Like you kind of just know. And for me, like when I was finding a studio, I had a list of like I don't even know how many and I was calling people and like I had my list of questions I mean when we were on the phone the first time it was like an hour and a half <laughs> um and I think that it was really important for me to know that whoever I worked with one had the skill set in order to do it two worked on my genres and three which was really important for me lets me contribute to the whole process because as the songwriter who wrote all of these songs, it's really important for me to be hands-on. And so that was one of the main things for me. And so I think that after that first conversation and then when I came to see The Vault and then we decided to start, it was a great way, like a very great connection and you understood my vision and we clicked from the beginning. And I think that's really important because going back to the whole point of music being a vulnerable art and very authentic, I needed to make sure that my music was coming coming to life in the best way possible. And so it was important for me to find somebody who would help me do that. Yeah, and it makes sense. It's it's interesting how, uh, um, and I see this more and more today, I think, I think young up-and-coming artists have a much stronger desire to have um, a detailed, hands-on approach to the production of their music often you'll get you'll get a producer and and understandably i mean this is how the industry works quite often right is a producer will say okay i'll i'll work on building a music bed for your song 
I'll put that together. And when I'm done, you can come in and sing to it. That That's one approach, right? Um, I tend not to approach it that way. Um, and, and one of the reasons is for what you just said. I, I want the artist to be involved every step of the way. The other reason I like to do this is often with young artists who are just starting, it's a learning process, right? Um, I want them to be here to understand what we're doing and why we're doing it and how we're doing it so that they better understand not just the songwriting, but the production process itself. Because the more exposed they are to all the different steps and attributes that go into the production of a song, um, the better equipped they'll be for the next song, right? And they'll have better ideas and they'll understand what we could do, how we can do it, uh, what's possible. And that actually can spark some more creative ideas because now they say, oh, because I remember the last time when we did this thing, right? Um, and they can draw from those experiences and be more creative the next time around. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love that. And I've definitely experienced that firsthand because when I started, I didn't know what compression was. I didn't know what EQ was. I didn't know anything. I didn't even know what a MIDI keyboard was. Like I was lost. And now like after working with you for about three and a half years now, I feel like I, I know way more that I'm able to do like demos at home by myself and play around with sounds. I know what quant quantitation is now. Is that quantitation? Quantitation? Quant there we go. Yeah. Quantitation. <laughs> um, I know what that is. And like, I, I feel like I'm able to experience more on my own, playing around with instruments, kind of play with production on my own to get a better idea of like the song and what I want it to sound like and also create stronger demos on my own so when I come in they're cleaner and all of that and so I think that even though each song is its own individual process there's a collective thing going on where it's a learning experience as well yeah no doubt and it's it you know I've I've been able to witness your progression in terms of the, the quality um, and the depth of the demos that you're putting together from the first one that we worked on until you know today there's a huge difference in in the the demos that you're putting together for yourself. So that makes me feel good. That means you're getting something more out of this process than just the song that we worked on in the end. But you've obviously, you're evolving as an artist as well. Yeah, absolutely. So another thing I want to talk about, which is really important, and a lot of people shy away from this, and this is whether or not you know, when you start working together as an artist and producer, how it's going to work, whether that's like work for hire or getting like splits with royalties. So the way we do it is I pay you work for hire and you don't get cuts of the songs, but that's different depending on the songwriter and artist. So what are your thoughts on this? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's a lot of its personal preference. Um, I come at this from maybe a little bit of a different perspective, right? What I'm doing, I do out of passion. Um, I'm doing this as sort of um, a second career path, you know, post-retirement. So I'm not nearly as focused on it in terms of, of the monetary gain that comes from all of this stuff. I do this because I just love doing it, right? Yes, of course, I have to get paid because if I did it for free, then there'd be long lines at the door and I'd never get sleep. But, um, so I, you know, I need, I need some lever here to be able to control, you know, how much I'm doing and where I'm doing it, et cetera. But, but I'm not all wrapped up in, well, I need to get points and, and, and all of those sorts of things. You know, I, I feel like I charge, you know, a reasonable rate 
that I'm comfortable with for the work that I'm doing. And it seems to work for my clients, right? That's a personal choice. Yeah, absolutely. And there's the other conversation with what actually constitutes like songwriting splits, because potentially when you're registering splits, it's the songwriting splits. Like it's between the songwriters and, you know, like there's a whole thing where the songwriting is the lyrics, the melody and the chord progression, not the arrangement, not the production. So there's the argument that, you know, when songs are being produced, that's not part of the songwriting and that's a whole other conversation, but it's interesting how people have their own approaches to that. It is. And, and again, every project that I work on can be different as well. Like, you know, like, you know, I've, you know, I've talked about, you know, when I've had an artist come in with, with lyrics and maybe a melody line, but I'm pretty much writing the port chord progressions and the music behind it. Um, that's, that's a different potential split than when I'm producing a song, like when you and I are working, where you've written a song, you have the chord progression, you have the melody, the lyrics, you know, you've, you've, you've built or have a very strong sense of all of those different elements. I'm just helping you realize it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So now let's talk about some expectations. And I'm really excited to hear your thoughts on this. So when, before you even get into a session, I think there's definitely things that need to be thought about from both sides. So what would you expect from a songwriter or an artist before they come to either a first session or when they're starting a new song? Yeah, I mean, usually the first thing I do, um, especially if it's if it's an artist I haven't worked with yet, is I usually have uh, a series of of pre-session meetings. Um, I'd say one is just, you know, sort of a, an introductory meeting that talks about the music, um, tries to get some sense of the direction that the artist wants to take with the music. It also helps me understand the skill set of, of the individual artist. You know, what, what are they bringing to the session? Are they playing a lot of the instruments? Are they playing none of the instruments? Have they been in the studio before? You know, just what level of experience do they have? Because then I'll tailor our approach accordingly, right? Um, so the first meeting is just really getting to know one another, but it's also oftentimes um, choosing songs, right? Because they may come with a portfolio of I've got four or five, six different songs to choose from. I don't know where to start, right? Um, and it can be as simple as saying, okay, well, so what's our purpose? What are we trying to accomplish? Um, and coming up with a strategy that works for them. And that strategy could be like in one sense, hey, let's just start with the simplest song because this is going to be the first time you're in the studio. So let's not try to boil the ocean, right? Or it might be, no, we've got a strategic plan where we want to release music in a certain order in a certain time frame. So again, I need to know those things going into a project so that I can help them achieve their objectives, right? Uh, usually, once we choose the music and we have some sense of that, then there's usually at least one other pre-production conversation that takes place. And often that can be, all right, here's the song. I've listened to the demo. Here's what I hear. I think we could maybe take it this way. I think we could have, you know, piano here, guitar there, drums coming in. You know, that's how I hear it. How does the artist feel about that? Are we on the same page or do they hear something very different? Right. So that we can plan, you know, in a, in a pre-production sense, 
the direction we want to take the music. Um, that also then can help set expectations. Uh, that's with newer artists, right? When you know, when you get to like where you and I are, where we work together all the time, we've been doing it for several years. We can usually hit those things pretty quickly, where we don't have to spend a lot of time talking about it up front. Mm -hmm. uh, we know each other much better now. We usually can connect the dots, you know, at the beginning of a session. Yeah. Um, by just, you know, having a very quick conversation and we can kind of move through it much more efficiently because we know each other better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think from my point of view as well, it's the more prepared I am for a session, the much more you're going to get done. And I think you alluded to at the beginning that studio time can be expensive. You don't want to waste five hours trying to play something on the piano or messing up vocals because it wasn't rehearsed. Um, so I think from my point of view, like I do demos before I go. I have elite sheets. I have reference tracks and I've well rehearsed my stuff. So when I go in there, I can do things in one take or a few to kind of keep things moving. And so yep. I think if you have that preparation and you have a strong vision ahead of time, you're going to get way more done. Yeah, there's there's no doubt. It's, um, you know, I always say that the old days of, you know, the Beatles writing their music in the studio are long gone, right? That's just too expensive. Um, it makes no sense to be writing your music you know, real time while you're in the studio. You know, you need to use that studio time wisely and efficiently. Um, and so the better prepared you are, um, the more efficient you're going to be. Now, obviously that saves money, but it also allows you to get more done, right? Because if I'm inefficient in the studio, I go into a session, I might only get one song done. Yeah. If I'm really efficient, you know, cause I've really got it together. I could get two or three things done in one session because I know the routine and I'm prepared for it. Um, and you know, from a, from a cost perspective, again, I get back to, I want the artist to be as comfortable as possible so that we can get the best performance. If they're worried about watching the clock, they're just not going to be focused on the music. They're going to be more focused on, oh no, time is running out. Time is you know, costing me money. I'm not getting it done. And that's just stressful. And, and that's the last thing in the world we want when we're trying to create music. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it comes from both ends, you know, like obviously when you're doing a session like you have to be focused and not you know thinking about dinner later that night or plans or whatever like sure. you're always like you know really focused and um on the ball and everything and I'm not sitting there twiddling my thumbs <laughs> um so I think like we both come to the session with a mindset of like okay, we're going to be prepared and we're going to get stuff done and you know we get so much done so much no, we do. And you're right, because, you know, we talk about the expectations of the artist, but the artist expectations of, of me are that, you know, I'm not sitting here wasting your money, right? <laughs> that I'm, I'm keeping the sessions moving efficiently. We're getting work done, that I'm not the hold up. I'm not slowing things down. Yeah. Um, that you feel like, you know, we we worked hard for what you paid me to be here that day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like that last time, like we were done two hours early. What are we going to do? <laughs> Yeah, we outsmarted ourselves on that one. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So another side of a sort of balance I want to talk about, which is something you and I are constantly doing, is because I'm so hands-on, there's a balance of 
hearing my ideas, hearing your ideas while we're building up a song. And so I think that even though I have a strong vision, oftentimes it's important for me to leave room for you to share ideas as we go along as well. Yeah. I, again, that's that gets back to the um, getting to know one another and being comfortable with one another. And that being comfortable part is also about um, being able to openly and honestly communicate with one another. Right. Um, so, you know, I always approach the project from the standpoint that it's your music, right? It's your vision. It's your music. My job is to help you realize your vision for this music. And so at the end of the day, you make the call, right? Um, I may hear things, I may suggest things. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, my feelings aren't hurt when you go, nah, you know, I don't hear it that way, or that's not really <laughs> what I want in the song. That that's fine, right? But I need you to be comfortable saying no when when the idea doesn't work for you. But I also want to be comfortable enough to be able to share ideas openly, right? Because even if only one idea in the session is one that you like and use, it's a contribution that you otherwise wouldn't have had. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's all we're trying to do is we're just trying to, you know, not everything works. Right. But you also have to be willing to experiment a little bit and try some new things because occasionally magic happens when you step out of your comfort zone and you just try something new. Right. Yeah. And it's okay to go, yeah, we tried. That was terrible. Let's not do that again. <laughs> right. But we tried. Yeah, no, that's exactly where I was going to go. Look at us thinking the same again. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say with you need to be, one, comfortable enough to share ideas and two, open to trying them. Like if, if you say something or if I say something and it's like, oh, that sounds a little too like out of the box, I don't think, no. Like if you constantly say no to things and don't try them, then you're never going to know. And there's been so many times when we've tried stuff and things kind of accidentally happen that work really well and have been incredible parts of the songs but none of that would have happened if we didn't try and we, we if we weren't open to that yeah yeah because some of those those little moments are not planned right you had no idea coming in that that was ever going to happen and would end up in the song mm -hmm. yeah and I think too like you mentioned communication I think this is really important as well not only in the studio but outside as well um going back to like knowing if someone's a good fit, you know, I didn't want a producer who I go in, just be like only talking when we're there and like ghosted <laughs> all the time, no outside conversation, you know, creating my music with someone who I consider to be a friend is really special too, because I feel comfortable reaching out to you with random things or a crisis or, oh my God, Kelsey Valerini's coming to Pittsburgh, <laughs> you, know, like, <laughs> you know, like random stuff too. Um, and I don't feel like I can't speak up about things, so. Yeah, uh, it, it gets back to relationship, right? Um, and the, the more comfortable you are with one another, the better you're going to work together. Yeah, so we haven't really had any issues. Uh -oh, I don't think so. But have you ever had any situations, obviously don't give specifics, but where something just didn't work out and you had to cut ties or anything like that? And how did you go about doing that? Yeah, I, I don't know that I've had one, honestly, where I'd say I had to sort of cut ties. I... um. I've certainly had my share of, um, okay, we're going down a path here that's probably not on the mark, right? That we, you know, we're trying to get to a specific place, whether it's the feel of a song or the style of the music or, you know, something that artistically it starts to kind of veer off the intended course. 
and we have to course correct, right? Um, and that can be uncomfortable for artists. And one of the things I always try to encourage is, and this gets back to the communication and the ability to just, you know, speak up, right? Is, is to raise your hand and go, yeah, this is not going where I was hoping it would go. Because as you know, the production side of, of this can take a song in many, many, many very different directions. Um, and it doesn't take much to veer off course. Yeah. Right. And so the ability to speak up, it's, it, is really important and sooner than later too, right? Cause sometimes yeah, you might not know it's veering off until it starts to get way off course, but, um, it's okay. And it happens, you know, frequently enough, especially with newer relationships where you just call time out and say, okay, this isn't heading where I was hoping. I was hoping more for something like, and this gets back to, you know, our conversation we have all the time about reference tracks, right? Is, okay, if it's not feeling the way you were intending it, give me the reference that you're thinking about so that I can better understand what you're hearing. And then we'll course correct, right? Um, nothing is permanent, right? You know, there's nothing that we can't, we can't change and alter and course correct in any of these projects. But it's important to be able to speak up and know when things have to be changed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And that just goes back to the communication and trusting someone because, you know, like if something isn't going the right direction, you know, as the artist, I can't be afraid to be like, um, I don't think that's what I wanted. Um, and at the same time, like you can't really have frustration in the fact that we just wasted five hours and I was starting over or whatever, because for me, like releasing such authentic music, I would never release something that I didn't truly believe in or that didn't fit my vision because with all the interviews and things I do, I can never fake it through a release. And so it's really important that all my songs turn out how I want them. And luckily all of mine have because we have all that great communication. So that's super important as well, being able to speak up whenever necessary. Yeah, it's, it's it, absolutely. And um, it gets back to comfort, right? And one of the things I always try to encourage, don't feel like you're going to hurt my feelings <laughs> if you say, no, I don't like that idea or that's that's not working. You know, it's not, it's, you know, again, it's not, oh, you're, a, you're, you know, you're a terrible artist. You know, how could you come up with that idea? No, it's, it's maybe not consistent with your vision. That's okay. But you need to be comfortable to say, yeah, that doesn't feel the way I want it to feel. And based on the vision I have for this music, mm -hmm. it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's another side to this too, you know, like that's like the artist saying to you, this isn't how I envisioned it, but I think it can kind of go the other way around too, because, you know, I can have an idea or something that just doesn't make sense. And you've said before, like, maybe not that, maybe try this. You know, when I'm recording vocals, if I'm off, you're, you're flat, do it again. And like, I, I don't feel bad or anything. Like, I'm not perfect. I'm not like ready to go cry in the corner because you told me I was flat. You know what I mean? Like, I right. think it's important to be open both ways because I think reminding ourselves the goal here is to have the best song possible. And that can only be achieved if there's that openness. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it gets back to a lot of this is about trust, right? It's about relationship and trust. And when you have those conversations with one another, you both understand the end objective and the goal here. And, and you know, it makes easy. It makes it easier to work through those things. Mm -hmm, absolutely. 
So one of the last things I want to talk about regarding this is the whole like mixing and release timeline, which I know I've given you headaches about. (laughs) (laughs) Standard for the business, I think. Oh my gosh. If you pull up, you sent me a screenshot of the spreadsheet ones with like all my songs. Like there's so many. (laughs) Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, so I think I I think like when I started especially when we were doing the album, like I was doing so much music and like over-releasing, I feel like, and just recording and recording and recording stuff. And some of the stuff that we recorded a couple of years ago, I never even released. It was just like, I recorded that stuff. And I think now I'm trying to be more mindful of, I'm not going to go start 15 songs and, you know, drive you nuts um, and overwhelm myself with like, oh my God, I need to release all this stuff. So I'm being more selective of what songs I record and then trying to plan ahead, like what's going to be on an album or an EP, what's going to be singles and, you know, trying to like let you know, like ahead of time, like this is the release date I have in mind. So it's not like two weeks before, can you master this? Yeah, no, it's that's a great point. And, you know, it's interesting, you know, in addition to having the studio and, and producing and engineering, I've also been running a small independent record label as well. And that process, quite honestly, has been invaluable to me in understanding the the business side of distribution and promotion and all the industry trends that are going on with respect to uh, releasing your music and release strategies and so on. Right. So, um, and it's changing constantly, um, changing. I mean, I've had this, this small independent label for about five years now. When I first built the label, it was built off of a download model five years ago. (laughs) Right. Uh, it's completely obsolete. So, you know, in five years I've had to change the way we do things strategically multiple times in that five-year period, right? Just to constantly keep up and try to adapt to what's going on. Um, And a good example of that is, you know, this whole, do I release singles? Do I release an album? Um, How do I promote the music? You know, streaming and playlists and, you know, monthly listeners, you know, things that people didn't even talk about five years ago, right? And it's become much more social media like in terms of how you approach the business of releasing new music right because music is content and people tend to see and and think of it in the context of social media right um that's very different than especially the history of distribution which was you know get as many songs onto a piece of physical vinyl that you could get. So if you're going to release that physical piece of vinyl, you wanted to put as much music as you could get on both sides of that vinyl because that was efficient distribution. Well, while vinyl is still important and, and I think really cool and I'm happy to see that it still exists and, and, and is actually trending back a bit. The reality is digital distribution is a whole different game because I can push the button on my laptop and release a single to the world instantly. Right. Um, and so that's a much more efficient and a very different distribution model than the old days of pressing vinyl and having physical distribution. So you have to think about the business differently. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah. I'm trying to like, I like doing projects and people say, Oh no, albums are going out of style. Well, I like doing them. So I'm going to do it. Um, but I think it's also like, 
being mindful of the amount of songs I'm doing and I like to because I write so quickly like I like to get my music out as quickly as possible and something I experienced with the album was some of those songs I wrote in like 2019 and the album didn't come out till 2021 so like by that point I was like this song's so old and so I'm trying to like I don't think I'm gonna shoot for like an 11 track album again probably for a very long time if I ever but you know like small EPs or a mini album of like seven or eight you know I think that's easier to manage both like from the writing and recording process and the amount of stuff you need to like mix too. No, absolutely. And, and I do think that, um, you know, audiences like to be engaged and they like to see things on a more regular basis. And I think this goes back to social media, right? Um, the ability to share things on a more real time basis by releasing singles helps an artist stay engaged with their audience right? That doesn't mean at the end of the day that all of those singles can't be wrapped up into a quote unquote album project. And, you know, even if you wanted to press all of those and actually have limited distribution vinyl or CDs, you can do that. Um, So I think what people are learning is you can have a little bit of both, right? You can release singles along the way and still package that into one album at the end of that project. Um, but at least you could keep people engaged. Yeah, absolutely. Like what I'm trying to be mindful of doing now is that I'm releasing standalone singles, but I'm working on project material. And because I don't want to go like six months without releasing anything. And like, that's the other thing, like as an independent artist, like people are saying like, oh, like you need to release this much, like every couple months or you're irrelevant and blah, blah. And so I think, you know, during those standalone singles and then, releasing lead singles to the project that's kind of what I've done in the past but just being more mindful of the whole process um and I found too like over the last couple of sessions we've had like it was nice like when we started in December with all new music because I felt like I had a clean slate and I had a fresh start and there wasn't like old music hanging over my head anymore so I think just keeping that as we go forward will be amazing I think Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I always say, you know, artists often look back at their older projects and, you know, some of them, you know, might cringe at, oh, I can't (laughs) believe I did that three years ago, five years ago, whatever. That's actually a good thing. I mean, that just means that you're, you're growing and you're evolving as an artist. And, you know, you probably always tend to like your newest stuff best. Yeah. Right. Um, And so while an audience might be always sort of in a lag right because they're always hearing your music only after it's been released but that the time that went into that prior to that release for you as the artist that's an old piece of music right you're already you know well on your way to newer music Mm -hmm. um and so by getting it out real time i think it, it you know it allows you to keep working through that process yeah absolutely Well, it was lovely having you back for another chat. This has been fantastic. Before we go, what are some final thoughts you would like to share about the artist-producer relationship? Well, yeah, as I said earlier, I think I think it's um, it's really important that uh, that you're on the same page, that you develop a comfortable relationship. It gets back to trust and and being able to openly communicate with one another. Um, and the more of that you have in that artist producer relationship, the more productive you're going to be, and the more likely you are to ultimately, um, you know, achieve your vision for that music. Yep. 
and you have a great producer that you can work with for years and he doesn't get tired of you <laughs> forever <laughs> it's been a blast it definitely has been well it was lovely having you back again for another chat and can you share with everyone where they can find more about the vault recording studio Sure. You can always find us online at thevaultrecording.com. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much again for joining me. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode with Bob McCutcheon, all about the songwriter-producer relationship. And, of course, until next time, stay, stay right, right on, on track. track.